A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Ted Edward Theodore. There you go. Hey. We get an amen. Now, brilliant to meet you. Absolutely lovely. Uh, I, I was really keen on this one because um, return on relationships and being good to people seems to me to be contradictory, but it isn't, is it? And we're going to get into that in a moment. Um, firstly, I'd like to welcome you all the way from the United States, if I'm right. Thank you. I'm here in South Florida, home of COVID-19, the epicenter mm -hmm. in the United States of America. Congratulations, everybody. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't sound like it's a great deal of fun. That's, uh, hang on, Ooh, it's this one here. I've done my smiley faces, uh, <laughs> but it's actually really difficult. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. Christ. Yeah, anyway, uh, I'm in a co-working in Paris. You're in Florida. Lovely to meet you. Um, before we start, uh, just like to tell you, you're part of a big experiment in entity-based content models where we try and take entities. You're an entity. I'm an entity. We link them together, and we see how much I can impinge on your brand SERPs and your YouTube brand SERPs. Now, I did some experiments, and you are, and you have the honor, dubious honor, of being my first non-wiki knowledge graph entry. This episode got into the knowledge graph with no Wikipedia, no Wikidata. And if Anton will show it, I've actually managed to link you to me, to this episode, and to my company. Um, there you go. All four, Ted Rubin, Caddy Cube, Caddy Cube Tuesdays. This is the event that I created to do all this with. And Jason Barnard, all linked through to this one event uh, with a, a, a confidence score of 12, which is not bad. So this is the start of this entity-based content model that I'm doing with WordLift actually taking off. And I'm proud of you, proud of me, and really happy that you actually joined in because I don't know why it happened with you because you're the only guest who isn't in the knowledge graph to start with, and I don't know why. Well, I got to tell you, now that you've totally confused me, this is really good because now my mind is whirling and we can just you know, jump right in. But I, have no, I am surprised because I, I tend to be connected to people in one way or another, and, uh, but Anton connected us, so I think that, uh, that, that says it all. Well, what it means is you're connected to people, and you talk a lot about that, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but Google hasn't seen it. Google hasn't understood it. It isn't confident that it's understood these connections, and that's what the knowledge graph is all about. It's mm -hmm. confidence that it's seen these connections, that it understands them, and that, it's, uh, and that it is correct when it, uh, uh, when it brings them up in front of people. So if somebody says, and if you look at your brand, sir, which I also did, um, if we search your name, my company site for your um, profile and uh, the photo from my company site come up on your brand SERP and Anton should be able to bring that up. There you go. So I'm on your brand SERP. When somebody searches your name, I'm afraid I just appear or my company appears. Okay. And then I had a look at YouTube and you've done so many videos that have been watched by so many people that we're like number 70. And <laughs> I think uh, Anton should be able to show that. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. We're right down at the bottom there, number 70. Okay. <laughs> so the experiment goes really well in some circumstances and not in others. So thank you for being part of my experiment. Um, welcome, Ted. Uh, Photify, can you tell me what that is? I thought it was a philosophical statement, but it's not, is it? <laughs> Well, in some ways, it is a philosophical statement because it's uh, my, mine and my business partner's statement that companies need to start empowering employees 
if they want to power their brand. Uh, that employee created content is really the content of the future. Future, but basically, Photify makes it easy for companies, employees, and partners to make original branded content and share it via their networks in under thirty seconds. So, you know, in today's environment, as we both know, not only are people incredibly busy. Um, But companies are under so much pressure to constantly create content that if they were to pay either internal creative employees or agencies to do it, they wouldn't be able to keep up uh, from a financial standpoint, nevertheless, even as a quantity yeah. standpoint. But if they start, in, our belief is that if you start empowering your employees to do it for you and allowing them to do it, because so many companies are afraid of their employees creating content, not only will you have the volume of content you will need, but they, if you allow them to share it via their own social channels, you'll expand your reach exponentially. Right. Okay. Brilliant. A couple of weeks ago, Ryan Foland was talking a lot about that. The idea that you you empower uh, your 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 employees to actually communicate on your behalf and all you need to do is educate them or educate them that's a rotten word isn't it it's, it encourages them to do it in a way that reflects well on both of you because both of you will benefit i have had that conversation with ryan oh right okay that might explain <laughs> maybe he was trying to jump the gun because he knew you were going to come on and he knew that he would steal your thunder well, you know what? He's welcome to my thunder. I like, I do everything I can to, sh to share my thunder. As a matter of fact, you know, there's so many people in this world that, especially in the influencer marketing, the social marketing world, that see their content being used by other people and get upset by it. Um, I go the complete opposite way. I encourage it. Um, you don't even have to, I mean, I prefer, of course, if you give me credit for it, but I really don't care if you don't, because it's more the concepts and the mindset I'm trying to share that I'm worried about whether I get credit for that or not. And nine out of 10 times, somebody that knows I created the content will jump in and either, you know, share that it was something that came from me or let me know. But either way, I'm just happy that people are sharing. Yeah, it's a really, really nice way of looking at it. I mean, I think a lot of people and brands are afraid that somebody else is going to steal the limelight, the thunder, uh, and that all their immense creation and their creativity has gone to waste or isn't going to get recognized. Um, just quickly back onto the videos. This video went live, and we've jumped from 73rd to 3rd. And what YouTube is doing is, is pushing this because it's live uh, to your audience so anybody searching dead Rubin right now is going to come along to this uh, webinar whether they liked it or not <laughs> well I, I hope they like it oh well i hope they do too i mean if they like you then there's a very good chance they will like this unless they really don't like me uh, we'll see how that goes as the, the the interview goes on now i was really interested in return on in, uh, sorry return on relationship which sounds to me, and I really don't want to be rude, but it, it sounds to me very calculating. And then be good to people sounds exactly the opposite. So how do you put the two together? So I'm really confused. I've never, ever heard somebody say to me that uh, oh. be good to people and return relationship seem like polar opposites. They're, they're actually incredibly aligned with each other. And in some ways, they've, they've moved apart as I've come to define be good to people a little bit differently than, than some people do, especially the people that started the whole thing and create all the gear and, and what their mindset is about it. I, you know, so, you know, back to return relationship, I don't see it as calculating for me, return relationship or the hashtag I use R O N R simply put is the value that's accrued by a person or a brand 
due to nurturing relationship. You know, ROI is simple dollars and cents, but ROR is the value, you know, both perceived and real that will accrue over time through connections, trust, loyalty, recommendations, and sharing. And I, I do my best to, to use it to define and educate companies, brands, and most importantly, people about the importance of creating authentic connection, interaction, and engagement. And, you know, for me, like, I, I guess I understand your perception of maybe it being calculating, but if you read a little well, bit- Sorry, I'm, I'm not saying you're calculating, it's just the, the phrase itself, but it, it might be because I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly British. Well, you know, I've dealt with the Brits a lot, you know, and, and, and I, I got to tell you, presenting to them as an audience can be difficult because nobody smiles or, or gives you any kind of real feedback sure. during the presentation. Um, but I do love the expression brilliant because, you know, when people say it to me, it makes me think I'm smart when actually they just they just kind of like me. Uh, All right. Or what I'm saying. It, well, what, what I should then say is instead of saying brilliant, I'll say insightful. Oh, well, I like that. But... <laughs> Back to what you were saying is I know you're not saying that, but the point I'm making is that if you read more about what I write and you read my book, Return a Relationship, or you just research it a little bit more, you'd understand that I bring a lot more to it than just the one-liner. You know, as we all know, um, memes and one-liners have their limited capability of passing along what they actually mean. Yeah. So. To, you need to usually do a little research a little bit deeper to understand a little bit better. So what I say all the time is do for others without expectation of anything directly in return, because it will come back to you in the way you build your reputation. So another yeah. thing I like to say a lot is that a brand is what a business or a person does. A reputation is what people remember and share. So when you become someone that's known for valuing relationships, building relationships, and feeling that there is a return that comes from relationships, number one, that builds your reputation and, and people talk about it. Another thing is when I talk a lot about return on relationship, it's in, it's, it's in contrast to return on investment. Now, I like to tell people that well, I don't yeah. believe – now, contrast is different than the word versus – I'm not saying you want return on relationship versus return on investment. You always want to return on investment. I don't care if it's in your business or it's even in your personal life. We all live our personal lives with return on investment. How much do we get out of what the people we spend time with? Do we want to spend more time with family, with friends? You know, the value that we give to the time or things that we dedicate to what we do in building relationships. So when it comes to return on investment, I believe return on relationship enhances your return on investment because it brings the relationship factor into everything that you're doing. Right. Okay. Brilliant stuff. And, and one of the things you say, I mean, I did actually listen and read some of your stuff, uh, despite the fact I'm playing the fool and pretending I didn't. Uh, what's important to you is your daughters and what they bring to you. Um, so I did actually research. And one of the things you say is, Ask somebody about something that really matters to them. So I'll ask you about your daughters. Well, my daughters um, are uh, are everything to me. It, it's a difficult subject to me. They've been alienated from me. Um, yeah. I went through a very difficult time. If you have done your research and seen some of the things, um, but what what I I bring a lot of what I've learned with my daughters to everything else I do, whether it be business or whether it be my personal relationships. In that, I have something for my daughters that I will always carry with me and no one can ever take away. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. And, and I, I, I've oh. learned that this holds true again with 
what what you do accomplish or don't accomplish in business, the, the friends you have. I have friendships, as we all have, that have been great friendships, and then for some reason they end. Someone moves away, something happens, there's a fight, there's a disagreement. You know, politics get in the way. But no one can ever take away what you already had, the love you built, the memories you have. So for my daughters, you know, I, I first of all, I always have hope for the future, and I fortunately still have somewhat of a relationship with my younger daughter. Um, but I live my life vicariously through them. I, I access the things that they post. Thank God for Google, because even if your older daughter blocks you from her social channels, you can still access what she's posting. So yeah. um, congratulations to my older daughter. She just got engaged. Um, I was not told personally, but I am aware. And I'm very happy for her because he seems like a great guy and uh, she looks very happy. And I I hold in my heart incredible feelings around all of those things. So even though I might not get to directly participate, I can always participate in my own way. And I think that it is important. And I'm going to stop in one second. I know I'm not going to go over my minute, but I think that's important <laughs> in a lot of other aspects of our lives. Sorry, uh, Ted's teasing me because before the show, I said I tend to interrupt before a minute because after a minute, nobody wants to listen to any of us. Uh, and I don't always follow that rule either. So I'm complete rubbish because I impose the rule, but I don't follow it. Um, I, I, I'd be honest with you. I actually got, um, I don't know, it's goosebumps. Uh, when you were talking about what we've done, what we've achieved, uh, what people think about us, the, the things we've lived through and the things we've had is something that nobody can ever take away from us, whatever they try to do, uh, which is a bit hippie, but I, I absolutely love it. Um, I'm right in the middle of a lot of that. Anyway, uh, another thing you say to move on is, uh, and I, I like this, is we need to take back the word friend. And, and give it real meaning again, because look, Facebook did an incredible thing. They really did from a marketing standpoint. We we're talking about some marketing here in that they took ownership of the word friend. Yeah. I mean, friend has become completely synonymous with Facebook and what it's done. And, and I'm not diminishing um, from it, but what it's done is it's taken away from the value of the word friend because yeah. what it's become is that you click a button and you make a friend. But we all know that's not the case. I mean, if I were to meet you and Anton brought us over and just introduced us briefly face to face and I shook your hand. That handshake is not a friendship. That handshake is an introduction to, a door opener to building a, a, yeah. a, a friendship. So when I say that we need to take the word friend back, what I mean is we just need to start thinking about it and putting more perspective and more um, um directive around it. Like, so the perfect example, you brought up my daughters. One of the things I used to talk to my daughters about a lot was about friendship. Um, um, their mom is a borderline personality. I don't know if you know much about that, but they tend to shove people aside throughout their lives and there are not people there long-term. And again, this is not to demean her or that, but because of that, my daughters would see me with all the friends I built up over the years and they'd constantly say, daddy, you know, you have so many friends. How do you have so many friends? And I'd look at them and I said, girls, I don't want you to misinterpret this. Um, it's not because I'm the greatest guy in the world. It's because I work very hard at it. Because even before these tools that they grew up with, mm. I reached out to people every month. I, I had lists of people I had to call at different times. I kept a list of birthdays, anniversaries, uh, um, kids' birthdays, and I would send cards and I would call people on the phone. And I continue to do that today. And I'm going to go on and you're not going to stop me right now because I want to finish with something else in that... I also explained to them that there's all different types of friendships. 
There are acquaintances. There are work friends. There are dear friends. There are lifelong friends. There are those friends that will always be there for you no matter what that might be as close or closer to you than family. And you need to put people in those categories because when someone who you might have perceived as a great friend proves not to be, that doesn't mean you get rid of them and not a friend anymore. It just means they get put into a different category and someone that you can enjoy under different types of circumstances or expectations. Right, bro. Sorry, brilliant. And, and I, I was actually thinking about that as you were talking. I was thinking about that there are people who say you can't have more than five friends right. or you can't maintain more than five friends. But what you're saying is if you categorize them, then you can. And you've got five close friends. You've got five friends in this context, 10 in another context, 50 drinking buddies and 100 beach buddies or whatever it might be. And it goes into different parts of your life. You know, Google had it right when they built the circles concept. They, they were not a social company. Ah, but it failed. Oh, the, the poor well, the poor people. It failed because they're they're a search company and their 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 whole mindset is isn't just set isn't set to what they had to create. But their right. idea of circles, like people say this thing about how you can only know 150 people and really know them. There's this whole psychological oh, it's 150. Thing. I thought it was five. No, no, it's a well, that might be close friends, but no, it's 150. But the point is it can be many more than that because there's different parts of your life, there's different circles, there's different ways people overlap, and then there's different times and points of your life that all also come back and resurface over each other where today I might have this 150, but a month from now it might've shifted into this area and then it might come back at some point or someone from here because of what your charts in the beginning and how you know each other might come back around and join you as part of a different circle. But, but that's incredibly interesting because I mean, from my point of view, I'm looking at the knowledge graph and it's basically Google trying to understand who we are and what our relationships are with other entities. And what you're saying is, is that this idea that things change over time and what Google has to do for the knowledge graph is keep track of the track of the fact that you and I have a relationship, uh, as of two months ago until today. And from now on, we probably won't. So this is a relationship that is as built and is going to die or probably well, die well hopefully not but look at you but look i'm exactly. not going to be in the 150 i would back what you posted with the youtube videos it was 70 and then all of a sudden we're engaging and it moved up to three or Ooh, engagement oh sorry yeah excuse me sorry you said the word engagement that was something i really wanted to talk to you about because <laughs> you're saying get get people to engage and your brand is going to is going to be living it's going to be moving forwards and i'm talking from brand set point of view which is my obsession engagement pushes content, great content onto your brand search, what people see when they search your brand name. It's all about engagement and Google is constantly looking over us, watching who's engaging, is it a relevant audience or are we trying to cheat? Tell me more about engagement in the wider sense because I'm terribly narrow about it. Well, I, in, engagement builds the, look, I, I like to say that relationships are like muscle tissue. The more you engage them, the stronger and more valuable they become. Yep. So the engagement is what creates that relationships engage, like when you engage with people, that's how you build a relationship. That's how you get to know people. That's how you learn more about them. You, you know, okay, so I'm single and I have been for a lot of years. And one of the reasons dates often don't go well is because I don't ask a lot Tell of Tell me about it. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> that, that came from the heart, man. I don't ask a lot of questions because I believe in learning as you go. Like, I believe that if somebody asks you a direct question, you get the answer they want to give you. Whereas if I experience something with you and see the way you react, so how do you treat waiters and waitresses? 
well, I love waiters and waitresses. I'm always good to them. Well, what, the real truth is I'm going to watch and see how you relate to people, how you treat them, what you do. So that's a big part of how I get to know people. So it annoys people when I'm with them because not people, it annoys women when I'm with them because they're asking me a million questions and they want to know why I'm not asking them questions. And they're like, don't you care about me? Aren't you interested? I am interested, but I'm interested in learning in the wild, in the real life, in seeing how people react. Of course, I'll ask certain questions when there's just things you need to know. But in essence, it's the engagement, it's the interactions that build that knowledge base that to me is so important. So I like to watch other people's engagement. So I go on social media and I watch feeds that are happening in real time, whether it's in Twitter, whether it's in Facebook or LinkedIn and see the way the people are engaging and responding to each other. I like to see like, can you, can you piss somebody off? Like, so I, I'm very political and, you know, um, and, and I, um, I believe there's no more important time than there is right now to speak your mind and say what you're thinking, especially in this country here in the United States. And I've had a lot of people push back on that or they'll try to get me angry, but I, I do my best to keep it professional or just not let it get to me. And when I'm done or someone's pushing me over that edge and you'll, you can notice this if you watch some of my feeds, I'll say, make it a great night. That's my way of saying, thank you very much. I'm, I'm done because I, I don't think there's a, a real positive way to continue this conversation. And I watch a lot of conversations because it's my way of learning. How does Jason interact? What does he do? How, and it also teaches me how to interact with you. Cause I say this all the time, communicate with people the way if you want to, if, if your goal is to sell somebody something or sell yourself to them or build a relationship and it's your goal, it hasn't been declared yet as a mutual goal. Mm -hmm. It's your job to communicate the way they want to communicate. If they like tweeting, that's where you should be doing it. If texting is their preference, I learned this most from my daughters when I'm sure, are you a parent? I am, yes. Okay. So, you know, I, I did go to your Facebook page, but there wasn't a lot there for me to get without us No, and in fact, my Facebook account got closed down, so you went to the wrong place because the only thing I've reactivated there is the professional stuff. But if you'll, I'm sure you've experienced this with your kids, and I, I, you know, I was a divorced dad, so it was hard for me because when you're not right there, you can't just wait for them to come home to talk to them. So I would right. call my kids because, you know, back when they were younger, you called them. And, of course, nobody would answer. But I'd immediately get a text back that said, what, with an exclamation point. Really? And that was their way of saying, I hear you. I'm here, but I am not picking up the phone. If you want to communicate with me, communicate with me via text. And you get that a lot in our lives, whether it's personal lives or it's business or someone just keeps communicating with you on LinkedIn. And that's just their preference. Now, my, what I say to people is if I'm trying to sell you my my friendship, our, our relationship, whatever it is, sales, then I need to communicate in your way. But I tell people this all the time when they reach out, like, let's say like you did, and I'll say, please email this to me, or that's right. my preference for communication. And if you want to communicate with me, then you have to do it the way I prefer. If you right, okay. is to reach me. And part of the way then of building this relationship is to look at the person, see where they're interacting, see where they're engaging uh, and spy on them. basically, I mean, you spied on me. Out, look, I just set an appointment with somebody for, for Photify who I was reaching out to, who I knew. I emailed them three different times. I got no response you uh -huh. know, I, because I prefer email. That's where I started. But then I went to LinkedIn, messaging on LinkedIn. I got a response within 24 <laughs> And by the way, it's even though I've said to him, I need to send you an invite, whatever, it has still continued because that clearly is his preference, which now I have embraced because my goal is to get him to do something right. I like him to do.
You were talking about, well, I can't remember one of your interviews, you were talking about the fact that as a kid you used to get people around and you used to bring them all in and, and make things happen. And in French, we I'm, I'm French, by the way, uh, by national, by uh, association, well, what do you call it? Uh, adoption. Um, and there's a word called, which is fédéré, which is the equivalent of federal. But in French, it means somebody or something or a, a brand that brings other people, other entities around them in a kind of positive manner. And that's what you seem to have been doing. I mean, the, the idea of fédéré, but I've never found an equivalent English word for it. Well, I've learned that I always knew I was good at bringing people together. I, yeah. I used to view it more as a one-on-one -on -one talent or a ability to bring two parties together from a business standpoint. I always thought of myself as a networker over all the years, like whether it comes from literally from elementary nursery school on every school I've been in, every job I've had, every organization I've been a part of. I've never left with at least without at least one or two very strong relationships that have stayed with me for the rest of my life. And uh, again, I used to view it as being a networker. What I discovered and learned over the last bunch of years is that what I am is a community builder. Because right. oh no sorry excuse me excuse me that that's probably the closest I've heard community yeah. builder is the closest I've heard to federateur. I bring people together into communities, different ones. Not just I don't bring them into my community. I sometimes it's my community. Sometimes it's separate communities that I create that work for those groups. And it, it, what it leads me to is this whole concept of that a network gives you reach, but a community gives you power. Right. Because networks connect, which is very valuable, but communities care. And communities engage if we come back to engaging. Communities engage. They care. They watch out for each other. Just think of it from the from the community aspect of where you live and people watching your home. And when you come home after a, you've been away for a weekend and they tell you your teenage kids had a party and the cops were there, you know, you learn these things. Oh, this sounds like that film that I can't remember the name of where it all ends up in the swimming pool and it's a bit of a disaster. Um, pardon me? Risky business, perhaps? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, anyway, sorry, that just, just makes me think about the fact that building a network is one thing, and that's kind of a knowledge graph is basically a network of entities with relationships. But um, what I've been seeing is that Google actually looks at the engagement and the exchanges within that network to see which are the relationships that are the most important. And I think that's phenomenally important from my perspective as a, a digital marketer, especially with Google, is that the engagement between the entities within a knowledge graph or with a relationship with each other is incredibly fundamentally important. And just making that connection is not enough. What do you think of that? Well, you know, I like to say that a network is a series of nodes, you know, and, and, and in order to make it valuable beyond the one-on-one -on -one connection, you need to bring it together and create something. Right. And, and that's where community comes in. Brilliant. So you deal in knowledge graphs as well. We're both knowledge graph fans. This is amazing. You build them around communities, around yourself and around ideas and concepts. And thank you very much, Ted. That was absolutely brilliant. Well, quick goodbye. I, 
I want to share one last thing just because oh, we talked about it briefly and you saw my hat, you know, it's be good to people. Yep. And, you know, you brought it up and you said something. I don't remember if it was before we started going live or we were live, but you said something about being kind and being nice and how return a relationship and be good to people, how they come together. What I've brought more into the idea of be good to people, and I try to explain because some people don't understand it. They'll say, well, you say be good to people, but then you're so anti-Trump or you're so you know upset about certain things happening in your country or you, know, uh, you feel the police need to evolve and become more peacekeepers than they are uh, policing units. And what I try to explain to people is that for me, be good to people goes way beyond just being nice or being kind. Being good to people means caring about them, looking out for them, um, doing for others when they they may not be able to do for themselves, making your society and your country a better place. That's all about what being good to people is about. It's about stepping up, doing more, speaking up and caring because we are the change. Brilliant stuff. And return on relationship is about doing things that actually generate value, uh, be it for you or for them or for the community as a whole. Thank you very much. That's a really lovely way to end it. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Ted. Your name is Beden, not Ruben. <laughs> I got confused then. Thank you very much, Ted. Thank you very much, Jason. Really enjoyed. Great stuff, man.